requirements was they needed to live in the zip code, the course code zip code. Right. And of course he said, well, we, we need to live higher up because of the allergy. Right. They, then they, you know, they quickly adjusted to that. And that's fine. I, as long as, I mean, the guy practically lives at the church. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. it's not a problem. Yeah. And, and we as staff, you know, by the way, did you didn't know, I, I just got invited by him to be the associate pastor. No, but that's awesome. Angie and I were just talking about that or you're staying or going or whatever. And I said, I, I hope he stays because it'll be better for the church. And it's kind of an uncommon train. Right. As long as I don't have to get it all done all the time, I can, you know, prioritize things. Right. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Yeah. I felt that was very cool of him. Yeah. So I'm giving him a couple of days a week plus Sundays and the rest is all. What Phil and I are doing. Yeah, good. So. Are you doing something with Citadel other than Aspect? No. Okay. No, but it's a pretty solid partnership. Yeah. Well, the Undiscovered Bible thing. Yeah, it's kind of a mutual. Yeah. But the, the, the Citadel staff <clears throat> helps me with some of the things as well when I need it. Yeah. Good arrangement. Good. He's doing, he's doing well. I hope he transitions as smoothly as possible. But, you know, there's always people that say, wait a minute, I don't like that. Like change stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I hope hope he paces himself well and learns before he inserts. (laughs) Shall see. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I'm a, at some point, I'm sure I'll get a call from him and I'll have opportunity to do something up there because we we go back to like 92 or 94, something like that. We'd love to have you. Randy. Long time. Love to have you. What time on Sundays do you meet? Nine and 11, two services. Okay, two services. And All like, right, gentlemen, okay. we are ready to record. Listen for my <clears throat> countdown. Listen for the music. Stand by. Right, we're going in five, <clears throat> four, three, two, <clears throat> one. Welcome to Kingdom Talk Radio Hour with Dennis McCord, founder of God Hope Ministries, along with co-host Dr. Michael Bogart, president of Aspect Ministries. Kingdom Talk is where Christ is King, and we are the subject and citizens of the Kingdom of God. Welcome to Kingdom Talk Radio Hour on this fine Saturday noon, Talk Radio KXEX 1550. And we are on your radio every Saturday from 12 o'clock to 1 o'clock here in the wonderful, warm Central Valley, Central to Clovis and Fresno. Uh, you may be expecting Dennis McCourt. Dennis McCourt is on a vacation. Actually, he's got a work-related assignment. He's not able to be here today. So as co-host, I'm stepping into the host spot and bringing in a guest co-host, my friend Phil Friesen. Phil, how are you today? Doing well, thanks. Thanks for the opportunity to be here and talk about Kingdom stuff. Yeah, how about uh, telling us a little bit more about Citadel Ministries? We had you on the show, what was it? Oh, I don't know, maybe a month or two ago. And you talked about Citadel, but let's refresh people's uh, memories a little bit about what Citadel is all about before we bring in our guest for the week. Uh, yeah, thanks for that opportunity. Uh, Citadel is something I started um, kind of as a retirement thing. Um, what we do is provide services to other nonprofits um, to utilize their their gifts for the kingdom. Everybody has a talent or gift that God's given them, given them, and a calling. Uh, it's what we do is to try to come alongside and to bring that, um, uh, let them work in their area of giftedness, and we help provide the other services that they need to be successful and ongoing and uh, maximize the kingdom impact that nonprofits have here in the Valley. You know, the problem with nonprofits, at least in my experience, is that nonprofits oftentimes, you know, they've got great vision, they've got this idea of what it is that God is calling them to do in their community or wh- wherever they're operating. But a lot of times they don't have the, the technical week-to-week, day-to-day expertise to, to do things like bookkeeping and make all the reports that you've got to make for the state of California and the federal government. They're not great at fundraising, and they're not great at you know, uh, increasing their support base, and they're not good at communication sometimes with 
with the general community. So this is where Citadel seems to come in and, and help nonprofits in those areas that they're not that comfortable doing. Isn't that, is, am I correct in that? Exactly. Um, most people that started a new nonprofit or that have one, um, they have a calling. And whether that's feeding the homeless, working with human trafficking, what, whatever that they're called to do, it's most of them um, want to be the director of ministry. I want to be handing sandwiches out to homeless. I want to be taking care of these people. Um, unfortunately, we stick them with the, the title of executive director because it's the only one that we know. And that's a business title. That's like, we've got to take care of all the details. And that's not what these people want to do. So what we try to do is uh, determine what they are really gifted at and come alongside and provide those other things that they're not so gifted at. Um, burnout happens when you're working out of your area of uh, giftedness very much. Generally about 70, 70 to 75% of your time needs to be in what your calling and giftedness is. Otherwise you're, you're just going to burn yourself out and give up. So we've been able to come in and ask, actually rescue executive directors and get them back into ministry by helping provide some of those services or bring along other people for them. Yeah, and I know with me in aspect ministries, you know, I don't I don't do bookkeeping. I'm, I suppose I could do it, but I just have no interest in that. Of course, Citadel has provided a bookkeeper for me. We've done some grant requests, you know, and that sort of thing that Citadel's helped with. And so, that really, you've been real helpful in helping me, at least in my ministry, focus on what it is that God has called me to do, and not have to worry as much about all those kind of details that are necessary but maybe not in the strength of, of the person who's actually got the calling. Yeah. Our, uh, when I started this uh, about eight years ago, um, I just thought I'd work on a couple dozen organizations a year and you know, kind of pitter-patter with it a little bit kind of as a retirement thing. Um, in our biggest year, we worked on 285 different nonprofits across the world. And so God has really blessed us with the opportunity to uh, make an impact for his kingdom uh, we're just, you know, shepherd boys in Fresno, California, but we were making an impact across the world and across all sorts of different kind of ministries. So, you know, that struck me recently is that Fresno Clovis is really a hub for world impact. And I'm not talking about the world impact organization that some of us may be familiar with, but for impacting the world for the kingdom of God. That I mean, it's not the only place. There's a lot of other, you know, centers of that, but when I think about what I know about that's happening in Fresno, and I'm sure that that's only an incomplete list, certainly we are touching every single continent in some very amazing ways. And so I, I'm just glad to be part of it, and I know Citadel's been a big part of it as well, probably more in a, in a broader sense than, than I have with my own ministry. And so I, I really appreciate what you're doing there. Yeah. And we're, we're blessed to, to, to help and, and see the kingdom built and the impact in lives. Uh, we actually ended up buying 15 acres in the country of Zambia for a pastor. Um, cost 2,500 bucks. Uh, now that wait, wait, guy, how many acres? How many acres? 15 acres, $2,500. Wow. <laughs> um, so we just wrote him a check. It seemed like a good investment. Well, now he and the first lady of Zambia are uh, running around the country together, setting up uh, orphanages and schools, and they've actually gotten electricity to these little villages that are remote, he's the only guy that has electricity in the area because of, but because he had a bigger area, um, he showed up on the radar and you know, just little things that you don't know what the impact is. But you know, it's interesting, Zambia has become or is becoming sort of a new South Africa. A lot of Afrikaners have gone there and you know, they, they kind of saw what could be before South Africa began to have its problems. And I, I think that that was a great investment to invest in that country. Yeah, that's fun. I want to bring in our guests now. Um, I don't know, how, I was trying to think, Randy, how many years, it's got to be 42 or 43 years, because I know I've been married 42, and I think I knew you some, a little bit before that, but you've known my wife's family longer than I have. I think I have known your wife and family for, since 1971. My goodness, that's uh, 50 years, isn't that's it? That's 50 years, yeah. Yeah, wow. So Randy Muherter is currently the director of Care Fresno, and he also has his own nonprofit called Relate for Life, which really focuses on 
a relational education, change through relationships, that sort of thing. So Randy, welcome to the show and tell us a little bit about what you're doing. Well, thank you. Appreciate the opportunity to be here. Uh, Relate for Life came about because relationship has always been important to me. And I didn't fully understand how important it was to me until I had an opportunity to reach into the lives initially of kids that didn't necessarily live in a household where a relationship was honored, uh, where dignity wasn't given. And so I started focusing on that population, which was in high schools and, uh, began investing in them and giving them ideas that are just a different perspective on what relationship can be. And, uh, I jokingly say it's how to follow your heart without going out of your mind. (laughs) That's a good slogan. (laughs) So, uh, I believe that life is all about relationship and bad relationships suck the life out of life. And unfortunately, the majority of young people get stuck in this rut of reacting to everything rather than being anything. They don't know how to respond in an appropriate way and build a healthy relationship. And I just think I've been fortunate to uh, have people in my life that gave me pictures, snippets of what healthy relationship is. And of course, my wife never stops teaching me what relation <laughs> we've been married 45, 46 years. And, um, we just love doing this together. And, uh, so it's largely high school kids that we work with 13, 14, 15 year olds, uh, worked with over 20,000, uh, students in Fresno County the larger county and uh, opportunities extend beyond that. So if you would, Randy, paint us a picture for our listeners. What, what are these homes like? And I, obviously you don't want to give names or anything like that, but what does a dysfunctional or what a non-relational home look like? Well, that's a, that's a good question. And we all see it. We all know it, but we won't, identify it as such, or maybe are unwilling to identify it as such because we carry some responsibility in the function or dysfunction. I used to say that dysfunction is the new normal, uh, but because I'm a Bible following guy and I read the Bible, it's just like, heck no, it's always been dysfunctional. Oh, and sure, sure. Somehow God works in spite of us to achieve his kingdom here. Um, the kids that I work with at Care Fresno, and I don't want to paint a negative picture because if we just do that, we're not seeing things as it is. We're coming in with an agenda other than serving. Right. Right. Um, but it's not uncommon for the kids that we work with. Number one, uh, households earn 16 to $22,000. Household size is anywhere from four to eight in that income range. They live in pockets, communities across Fresno where they can afford uh, to live. And uh, we go into the neighborhoods, into those communities. We're just beginning to go into the Webster community. We go door to door and Truly, we go in, we are Jesus following people, but we don't go in to Bible thump or direct people in any specific way. We go in to discover what's going on well there, how we can help in that, where there are some gaps that we can fill. And we have found over the years that those gaps come around homework, help, academic advancement for the kids, uh, social opportunities that give us an opportunity to give them a healthy uh, picture, perspective of what relationship is that's not punitive. Everything that we do is very restorative. 
So these kids grow up in a household where it, it can be many levels of violence. Um, dad is likely not there. Um, mom is living with her mom or a boyfriend. They get stuck in a living situation. The kids see those relationships happening. And one of the tenets of, of uh, Relate for Life is family background. And without some sort of crisis in our life, we become exactly like our family from which we come. So these kids are poised to become violent, argumentative, uh, not caring, defensive, and we just know that that's not really life. Right, right. What a picture. And, and I was just thinking in my mind, I think every one of us who's either, well, obviously in the studio, but those in, that are listening to us today, we know situations like that. We, we know of situations, we call them single parent homes. And you said that $22,000 that they bring in and they've got four to eight people in the home. I'm not even sure how they survive that. Well, they survive in a lot of different ways. I don't <laughs> want to get too specific. Um, I have encountered nine-year-old boys or girls that carry drugs to school and someone picks them up and transfers them. And it, uh, prostitution is a part of making ends meet, if you will. Yeah. And uh, a lot of times we want to judge those kind of things but the reality is they're doing the best that they know how to do with what they have there are just better options with better outcomes right and it, it really encourages me that the kingdom of god is involved in this that, that through care fresno and relate for life that there that there are people who are helping folks in that situation understand that this is not the way that they have to live that there are ways to get out so that brings me to the question, and, and maybe I should ask Phil, you know, how he sees that whole thing, because you probably deal with ministries that are similar to that, or at least have some of those emphases, that Citadel. Um, yeah, Randy Care uh, Fresno is just one of the ministries that uh, deals with that same population in, in, different, si uh, in different sides of the coin. Uh, human trafficking is closely related to what Randy is talking about. Uh, the whole drug environment you know, he, he touched on it, it, There's a whole world out there that, you know, as north of Shaw, Christians don't know anything about. It's like, we don't even understand it. I remember um, uh, my brother was a Fresno cop for a while and did a ride along with him. And, you know, we think drug addicts are those guys sitting on their couch, just loaded. Oh no, they're sleeping in gutters. They're doing, they're, uh, it, it is a tough, tough life. Um, they don't know if they'll see the morning whether they OD or get killed or whatever they do. It's, we, we, we don't understand it. What you see on a movie is not what it is. Um, so what Randy's talking about is exactly what you encounter time after time after time. There's hundreds and thousands of those people um, that are living in those circumstances that um, that's all they know of life. That was modeled to them and that's all they know. So. Randy, do you have any idea? What, is, what are the numbers we're talking about in Fresno County of people in that situation? I can't address that empirically. Uh, I can say that in Fresno City, we operate in six, soon to be seven communities, and we are not scratching the surface of the need. So uh, if, if you're just talking drugs, we could find numbers for that. If you're talking uh, arrests, we can find numbers for that. The reality is that the communities that we serve, from our inception, the police have gone into high call for service areas and taken out the family or families that were causing the bulk of the issues in that community and care Fresno filled, let's just call it a vacuum. Care Fresno filled that vacuum, discovered what's going on and began serving the kids because the closest link to a caring parent's heart is to care for their, for their children. Yeah. 
So we've done that. Okay, so give us some examples. You know, you talked about homework help. You talked about, you know, social opportunities, social interaction kind of things. Give us some specifics of how, okay, let's say you're walking into a home and this home says, oh, please help us, help us, whatever that looks like. So what would you do? And tell us the steps of how you would help. Great. So when we walk into a home, let's just call a home a community. So a lot of homes, we will go there and uh, let them know what Care Fresno is, who we are, uh, cultivating hope and healing. We are there to serve the community. How can we serve their kids? Their children are not doing well in school. Like they're really not doing well in school. So we go in with homework help, which is kind of like a Band-Aid on a larger wound. Because if you just help with homework, they're, they're always going to be treading water but not moving ahead. So we uh, do academic advancement opportunities and we have national partners that give us software and access uh, that they charge $30 a month per student for. They just give to us because of the impact. And we help that child begin to do better in school. And we know it works because during the pandemic, uh, two school districts called or teachers from school districts called saying, how are you doing this? Because this child is actually improving in their schoolwork. And <laughs> we were helping kids do math outside of the across the door threshold with a whiteboard six feet away, just helping them okay, so do their homework. I'm picturing you're, you're sitting outside their home with the front door open with a whiteboard and the kids on the inside and we are helping them do their homework. <laughs> wow, and with masks probably, right? With, with, with masks if needed, if six feet apart, we didn't necessarily need that. But yet, yeah, whatever keeps the community feeling the safest is what we do. Wow. Our entire team is vaccinated. Uh, I mandated that uh, in February and as of the end of April. Everybody on our team, including our board, including our volunteers, including our mentors, our tutors, everyone uh, is vaccinated. So we can uh, do our part to keep the community safe because the kids that we serve live in multi-generational households. And I just don't want them to come in and learn good and pick up a bug and take it home to their family. That would just, that would bother me. What reaction do you get from parents and grandparents? Parents, uh, caring parents, involved parents, love the fact that we're there. Uh, we've got communities where their parents or grandparents walk the kid up the stairs or to the uh, program room uh, in seven different locations now. And they walk, make sure everything is connected, it's all good and leave. We ha have other parents that have no idea what their children are doing. They just know that they're not there during these hours, but we're just investing in the kids. So those that really know very much appreciate those that don't know. We worked in one community and the uh, building in which we held program was shot up. And so I went into that community and uh, parked my, then I rode a motorcycle. So everyone's looking at me like, what is this? And, uh, walked across the street because there was a group of people sitting on the stairway and I just introduced myself and told them what we're doing and uh, that our building just got shut up and, and we can't have that. It's not safe for the kids. We're here for the kids. And up at the top uh, of the stairs, uh, one of the gentlemen said, uh, my kid come? I said, yeah, your kid can come. Any kid can come. What's your kid's name? And he said their names. And I go, Oh, it has another brother named this? And he said, yeah. And I go, they already come. <laughs> and he said, it won't happen again. It won't, what won't happen the again? The shooting. Oh, okay. It won't happen again because his children were going and he didn't know. Oh, wow. and, and he has some in with the people that would be doing such a thing. He in all likelihood is number one or number two dude for that side of the community that had a little gang war going on. Okay. All right. 
Well, that's wonderful. You know, this this is the sort of thing that the kingdom of God can do. You know, we can talk and preach all we want. We can we can have gospel tracts. I'm not against any of that. You know, there's a place for it. But what you're doing is you're showing what the gospel looks like yeah. in everyday life. And Phil, I, I just think that's wonderful in, in terms of the, the the visible, tangible kingdom of God, not just the verbal kingdom of God. So uh, maybe there's something you can contribute in terms of other groups that are doing something like that. You know, um, one of the things that uh, in the last eight years that we've discovered is how many hundreds of organizations there are out there doing something good. Um, it'd be interesting to know how many of the listeners have actually heard of Care Fresno before today. But there's hundreds of people doing uh, similar work to what Randy's doing, uh, whether it's uh, just one little site, you know, just doing something in their community, or like Randy across the um, across the city. Um, God's people are uh, living out their calling. We're, we are doing yes. what God has called us to do. Um, there's so many ministries that are worthy of our prayer, of our uh, financial support, um, of our volunteerism. There's so much to do. And what God has called us to do is not to sit here and judge everybody, but literally just to love them like what Randy's doing. Yeah, and you, you look at the Gospels and you see how Jesus related to people. Jesus very rarely condemned people that are stuck in some situation like Randy was talking about. I mean, they're, they're doing things that are, that are against what God wants for us, but they're doing them because either they don't know better or they just don't feel like there's any way out. Jesus rarely condemned those people. He always told them, that they could do better. He always offered them a way out. I think about the woman taken in adultery, you know, go and sin no more. But he didn't condemn. The people he condemned were the people that sat there and said, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. You're a sinner, you're horrible, and never offered to help. And so I just think that this is a this is an amazing example of what the kingdom of God is doing. And I've often thought too, and maybe you can, either one of you can, can react to this, but <clears throat> I wrote a little article once about, maybe 10, 12 years ago, about how much poorer the communities around the world would be if there were no church. There are those who would say, you know, the church is the problem. We're a bunch of judgmental, hateful people. I mean, that's the that's the picture that that our enemies, the enemies of, of the of the Christian church and the gospel, are painting. That that the world would be a much better place without us. And yet, you you look at all of the things that the church is doing. You know, the the feeding the hungry, the starting hospitals in places where there's no medical care. And, and that was true in our country some years ago. Now it's not so much. But you go to any developing country and who's starting the hospitals? Usually it's the Christian. Um, it's, it's education. Most of our great universities were at least begun, at least the older ones were begun by Christians. And you see the same thing in the developing world. The schools are started by the Christians. And, and, and you know, if there's a marriage in trouble, how do you fix that? Well, oftentimes it's the Christians that step in. So the world would be a much worse place were it not for Christians and for the kingdom of God to show up in these very tangible ways. So, and that's, I, I sense that's what both of your organizations, Citadel and Care Fresno and then Relate for Life, that's what they're all about. So um, what are some other examples of things that people are doing? Randy, you know, you, you've been involved in Fresno for a long time. What are some other things that, that are like what you're doing that are happening all over Fresno? Well, what I enjoy, we are right down the hallway from Justice Coalition, and there are many organizations in Fresno that serve the under-resourced and uh, overlooked. If, if we drive down the road, any community that we speed up to get by or look away, that's where the need is, and that's where we serve. So what I really enjoy about Fresno is that these different organizations don't own anything that they do. We truly collaborate on the best way to uh, enter a community and serve a community. So it's not like any of us have a corner on anything except caring, that empathy, that insight. And so uh, I think of Justice Coalition right down the street. Uh, I think of uh, ENP uh, locally. 
uh, working through schools for just tons of different ways, uh, reading organizations that teach kids to read, uh, very, very helpful. Uh, mentoring organizations, Big Brothers, Big Sisters of America, uh, just vital. Um, but when we work together, we can actually begin to see the well-roundedness of a generation of youth. If we just go in talking about Jesus, they'll know more about Jesus. But if they are uh, physically not improving, if they're, if they're not physically healthy, that's like a flat tire in the physical area or, or mental area if they're not doing well in school. A flat tire is a flat tire. It takes spiritual, it takes emotional, it takes relational, it takes uh, mental, and it takes another one that I can't <laughs> <laughs> Memory. <laughs> yeah, there you are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's so important that the gospel is a holistic thing. I mean, Jesus fed the crowds that came to hear him, he wanted them to listen to him. But they got hungry in the process. And of course, we, you know, we, most of us who know the Bible know there are at least two instances in which Jesus multiplied food because of the physical need. He healed people who were sick. The reason that people listened was because of the healing, that sort of thing. So it goes without saying that full-orbed Christian ministry is, it, it, it includes not only the proclamation of the core message, which we call the gospel, but also helping people be healthier, helping people do, do better in terms of, of their careers, just their, their normal lives. If Christianity is true, it should make your life better. And that's really what we're, what we're talking about. You know what excites me most is Care Fresno, like you're, I'm here sharing, but I do almost nothing of the real ministry that takes place through Care Fresno. The people that are the ministers are millennials, Gen, is it Zers? I think it's mm -hmm. Gen Z, whatever. I lost track of the On and on and on, okay. <laughs> and these young people prefer to work rather than be woke, okay? There's a lot of people that will point and go, that's not good, they're not doing right, but they don't do anything about it. The young people at Care Fresno want to be a part of the change. And uh, as much as I love the fact that through these 20-something, uh, 20-somethings with whom I work, I love the fact that they are, we are, serving the under-resourced. But that's not my passion. My passion is those through whom we're getting that done. Because my goal is, you talk kingdom, they're not going to stay. I don't even want them to stay at Care Fresno more than three years. They need to go out into the community and serve, continue to build the kingdom through other organizations, through their career, right? I'm looking for lifetime followers of their Lord, of our Lord, to impact. And I want to hear that people are hiring our guys because they have a background with care Fresno and learned what it is to get out of their own mind, their own reality into the reality of others. You know, I sense a real passion there, a passion for, for using not not using, but for enabling the millennial generation and others to really get involved. And I've heard this over and over again. Maybe you have too, Phil, where, where uh, the millennials would rather do than talk about the gospel. They, they're, they're more hands-on in terms of what the gospel can do and the changes the gospel can make rather than standing on a street corner and proclaiming the gospel. Has that been your experience as well? Um, yes. Uh, we start about 50 new nonprofits a year at Citadel. A lot of them are young people that are just feel a call. And what you're saying is exactly right. It's like, yeah, we don't care about all that stuff. We just want to go do this. Well, you still have to, there's other people that care about that other stuff, so you have to do it. But, um, yeah, no, they're very hands-on with their with uh, their faith and how they want to live that out. And there's an old, uh, old saying that someone way smarter than I came up with. It said, no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm, that's right. And as God's people, that's our responsibility 
is just to care for them. God's going to deal with them as God deals with them. Our job is to show them his love. That's right. I wanted to pursue that just a little bit, but right now we have to take a quick uh, break and, and say that you're listening to Talk Radio, Kingdom Talk, every Saturday on 1550 AM KXCX, the best talk in town, right here in wonderful, beautiful downtown Fresno and, and Clovis and the surrounding area. We're glad that you're listening to us today, and we hope that you're having a blessed and and a day in which you're experiencing the presence of God in your own life. And maybe what we've been talking about has been touching you. So you, you can certainly let us know that at kingdomtalk at gmail.com. And, uh, and maybe you'd like to be part of this show at some point. Please let us know that. Maybe what we've said kind of motivates you. And if you'd, you'd like to be a part of what's going on, you can, you can contact uh, Randy Muherter, our guest with Care Fresno and Relate for Life, or you can contact Phil Friesen with Citadel Ministries. I'm going to give them a chance right now to give you that information. So let's start with Randy. How can people contact you? For Care Fresno, uh, I am Randy at carefresno.org. I'll spell it out. Okay. And for Relate for Life, it's Randy. I'm just really, you know, creative really here. Creative, yeah. <laughs> Randy at relateforlife.org. Okay. So say those again, because I know that first the first time nobody's writing it down, now they may have their pencil. Listen to us. <laughs> Randy at carefresno.org. One word all spelled out. Or Randy at relateforlife.org. Great. I, I hope that folks will be encouraged. And maybe you'll get some, some folks that will uh, help out with what you're doing. That'd be great. Great. How about you, Phil? Um, I followed Randy's pattern. And uh, you can reach me at Phil at citadelministries.org, all one word with a dot in between. Um, and you can also uh, leave a message on our uh, phone, 559-372-3800. Okay, why don't you give them that again? 559-372-3800. So if you're thinking of starting a nonprofit, uh, Phil's your guy. Phil will get you started, get the paperwork all done. Um, far less expense this way because this this is what they do if you try to do it yourself which is what i did before i met citadel it's a, it's a little on the pricey side but the phil will get you started and also uh, give you ideas in terms of other resources that you can have that you might not normally be able to put together for yourself so, or maybe you want to get involved in one of these ministries and i'll tell you what there there are few people who know what's going on in terms of the nonprofit world in fresno like Phil Friesen. So Phil can get you plugged in for sure. I was going to, you know, we were talking a little bit about how the gospel impacts a community. And I, you know, some of you may have known if you've been listening to the show that one of the things I have done in my past and still continue to do is I, I have been teaching in the community college and university level for, oh, a good 25 years now. And uh, one of the things I've taught, I've taught courses in medieval history and I've taught courses in Western civilization. And uh, it's been interesting to me, if you study the fall of the Roman Empire, Roman, the Roman Empire began to crumble about 200 AD. Didn't really fall apart in the West for another couple hundred years. 475 is the date that we normally give for the, the Roman Empire just coming to a crash uh, in, in Western Europe. But anyway, during that time, they were trying to persecute the church. The Christian church was under a lot of pressure. And so... Um, the more pressure that the Roman government put on Christianity, the more the Christian church grew. And one of the reasons why they grew was because of exactly what you guys were saying, that the Christians were in the community doing things that everybody agreed should be done, but nobody was doing. For example, one of the things that was very common, unfortunately, in those days was child abandonment. You just Families just either didn't want a child or they couldn't afford the child. So they would abandon these children. Sometimes, unfortunately, the children would die. But a lot of times they'd be picked up. And the two main groups of people that would pick up children, especially girls, girls were abandoned far more often than boys were, were the temples of Venus, which would raise them for obvious purposes. They were raised for ritual prostitution. And the Christians. And, you know, the interesting thing was that after some generations of this going on, the Christians had kind of a monopoly on the women because, because they had the marriageable women in their families 
And oftentimes this led young men who were desperate for a wife to actually consider a Christian girl. And usually the family would say, well, you know, guy, we, you know, she's not going to marry somebody who's not a, a follower of Jesus. And so the guy would go, wait, 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 maybe I'll consider this. And yeah. it, it was not uncommon for a young man to at least profess faith, if not actually come to faith because of his desire to, you know, get to know this Christian girl. And so this is one of those things, the Roman Empire actually probably did not fall apart as soon as it could have because the Christians were in the community caring for the sick, uh, picking up and, and, and welcoming the neglected, the, the unwanted, um, you know, so many things that they were doing, helping the poor, feeding people. Certainly the Roman government did not have to feed the Christians. They fed their own. And I just think that's the sort of thing that we need to get a vision for in terms of getting back to. So uh, again, we're talking about what is happening with the kingdom of God here in Fresno. And, and so I wanted to ask the question and see what you gentlemen think about it. Is our society getting better in terms of, of families being strong and individuals being healthy, or is it getting worse in your opinion? What do you think? Well, no one's gonna like my answer. Okay. I think it is taking continual, consistent steps away from health, away from family structure, um, slowly but surely we are abandoning the hope look we're Jesus following people so ultimately it's Christ yep God established family to build to grow to develop and to point to Christ and so the breakdown of the family is the breakdown of culture is the breakdown of our communities, is the breakdown of our nation, is the breakdown of the world. Yeah, and and uh, you, you see this almost as a deliberate attempt sometimes, at least my impression is, that, that those who steer our culture, whoever those people may be, are deliberately trying to confuse the things that are keeping us, that have kept us together over the years. You know, uh, things like the, the a clear view of, of what a, what a man is, what a woman is, what, what, what a husband should be like, what a wife should be like. And, I, and I'm not trying to say that the, this is, there are hard and fast roles where you know, everybody's got to look the same. There's, a, there's certainly a range of masculine behavior, range of feminine behavior. Marriages obviously operate a little bit differently from household to household. But even so, there's, there's a fairly clear idea of how these things work. And, and it seems like we're being pushed in a direction where that's becoming very cloudy and very confused. And um, so, you know, Randy's told us he thinks we're making steps in the wrong direction. What do you think, Phil? Um, sadly, I, I believe he's correct. Uh, one of the things as us graybeards, uh, you know, are getting closer to the end of the rope, um, you, you see, uh, you can look backward. And I can remember when I was in elementary school back in the 60s, um, there was one person in our uh, classroom whose parents were divorced during our time in sixth grade, her last name changed. This was a big deal. Mm -hmm. And now it's so commonplace, like they have lines in the software, family name, kids name, it's, it's so confused. Um, in, in, you know, 40, 50 years, we have turned this thing uh, into a chaos where we can't even agree, you know, what gender someone is. It, it's a, it's a thought instead of a piece of science. And it's like, I, I sum it up in, we know where it goes and you know, we're headed to revelation one, one, what day, the day before that is coming. We don't know when it, but the slide is towards that. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us what, what does a family look like? Let, let, let's just take a family and we'll say, let, let's remove dad out of the home. And sometimes, I mean, let, let's be practical here. That's a blessing for that family. The guy's not a good guy. The guy's been a horrible influence. But let's, let's, let's take men out of the home and let's talk a little bit about what that looks like. What, what does a fatherless home look like? I grew up in a fatherless home. This is Randy talking. This is, yeah, <laughs> this is Randy. You can tell by my voice. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
a a woman cannot teach a young man how to be a man. A woman can do her best. My mom did her best. She did a good job. Yeah. Right. Um, a young man is going to have to find out what it is to be a man by hanging with someone and those with whom he hangs. If it's on the street, if it's in a church, if it's in school, whatever, uh, he's going to become like them. And there are more in the community that are interested in recruiting for reasons other than health of that individual. Yeah. And uh, that's what it looks like. It's a devolution, devolution, if yep. you will. Mm -hmm. It's fallen apart. And the fact that all these nonprofit organizations exist and continue to come up shows that we're sliding away from health. Yeah. Yeah. If it were getting better, then, then there'd be some consolidation right. of ministries right. or some would just say, hey, we've done our job and now you don't need us anymore. Right. But that, that's really sad. And, um, you know, you start looking at the future and you start thinking, okay, so in 10 or 20 years from now, what is our society going to look like unless we have a major revival, a major change of heart? And uh, I don't know that many people, in fact, you, you ask people who aren't followers of Christ, what what is your looking at what are you looking at in the future and i think many of them would say you know i'm not very optimistic about where we're headed in both in the in the united states but also around the world it just seems like we are sort of sliding into some kind of chaos and that's um that's kind of sad do you guys have any hope for people out there uh, any any kind of words of encouragement that so that we don't just uh, end this radio show and people go oh my gosh that was such a bummer i didn't want to end like that <laughs> you know what caring works mm -hmm. empathy Amen. works listening works going in with an agenda that i'm going to teach you without having a heart open to learn does not work going in caring and empathetic and with a learning spirit absolutely changes individuals which changes futures which changes families. So that's our approach is to just care. You know, we're not responsible. You know, Phil was talking about how we don't know when, you know, when the, the book of Revelation is going to happen. And of course, we, we believe here at Kingdom Talk that the Bible is absolutely true. And if, if there's been a uh, prediction that something was going to happen, a, a revelation that something's going to happen, it, it certainly will happen. But in the meantime, we can't do much to speed up or slow down whatever God may be doing. But what we can do is what Randy's just been saying, and that is we can do our little bit. We can do whatever God has called us to do with whatever resources and opportunities we have. And if the church would do that, and I think it is to some degree, but if it would really focus on doing that, I think we could see some real changes in our in our society. And again, and I... Phil, you're the guy with the stories with all kinds of uh, organizations that you work with. Can you think of a couple of stories that would, would kind of fall into line with somebody making a real difference? Um, there's dozens of them, hundreds of them. Uh, I guess my overall comment would be um, it's not up to Randy to change the whole city of Fresno. It's up to God's people to change the city of Fresno. Right. And uh, God calls us to love our neighbor. How do you define neighbor? And basically, it's someone God brings across your path. Yeah. And um, sometimes it's for a uh, five-minute little thing. It says, oh, you, I see that you cut your knee. Can I, you know, get you band-aided or something? It's just showing that you just open your eyes. Take a minute. Hold the door for an old lady. Do something. You know, just, Or old man. <laughs> yeah. yeah sometimes they got their arms full too i'm, I'm getting i'm getting there uh but it's, open your eyes to the uh people there is i if if your only outside contact from your house is the church there's people in your church that need you to touch their life yeah um it's it's not um you have to go to the darkest part of fresno to find all this it's everywhere yeah it is everywhere so just reaching out um uh, and finding that one person that God has brought to you that day. And 
you know, sometimes um, things flow from that and you become lifelong friends. And sometimes it's literally, I just help them for a day. Uh, I'll, I'll give you one example. Uh, we had a family thing on a Sunday. My parents lived in Reedley at the time, so we needed to leave our, you know, Clovis Church just a little early. So we snuck about, out about five minutes early, got in the car. I, I pulled to the stoplight to, to turn left, and here's a gal that's obviously her, her uh, car is stalled. So I said, oh, let me see. And so I, I walk up to the gal. She's driving a pickup, and she's sobbing. I said, ma'am, is there anything what's wrong she goes oh my husband and I just had this big fight and now I think I'm out of gas <laughs> and I said well um, I'm headed out but um, see if you can get it started because if you slosh the gas a little bit sometimes it'll start she got it started and I said okay there's a service station right over here I will follow you so she pulled into the service station you know coasted up to the pump I said do you have money for gas she said yeah I do and then she looked at me and said, um, are you a Christian? I said, yeah. I said, we were just coming from church, uh, you know, when I encountered you. And she goes, oh, man, my husband and I, we, we just need to get back to church. <laughs> yeah. And, and what, that, what did I do? I didn't do anything. I just showed that I cared. I followed her, you know, made her feel comfortable. I didn't do anything. It was a five-minute encounter. Yeah. But it impressed her enough. This is what... You know, and you said the world doesn't do that. You did not say a single word about Jesus. She figured some of that out herself. She brought that up. Yeah, and I think that's a beautiful story. Yeah. Phil, the fact that you stopped your car to help—that was the demonstration of your faith. Yep. Driving by—that is also a demonstration of our faith or lack yeah. of faith. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned helping, you know, a person in the church. You know, as a as a pastor myself, I visit a lot of Christian people, and I was just in the home of a of a dear woman the other day. You know, elderly woman. Um, she has a nice place where we live, and I, I noticed she said all oh, the sprinklers came on. You know, and she was talking about how she needed to get the timer, you know, adjusted. And I said, well, you have such nice grass here. Who mows it? She says, well, I did until a couple of years ago when my health went bad, and and she was asking around, do you know of anybody who could help with you know projects and little i'm thinking there's an awful lot of women and men out there or single women who just don't have the time maybe they're raising a family and they don't have a guy to fix the faucet or to mow the lawn or to to repair that picket in the fence or the leaky roof or what you know or or, or whatever and and i just think this would be something that if you don't know how to get out and share your faith okay so you're, you're just you're just not good at talking to people about jesus then you can talk about Jesus with your hands yeah. or with, yep. with whatever resources that you have. Bring them over a pie or cook them a dinner. I mean, something to say, look, I, I know what situation you're in and I'm, I'm going to try to do something to make it just a little bit better. Most of the time, serving speaks louder than speaking. Yep. yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And so we're, we're living in a world where, I mean, if you don't have an opportunity to serve in the name of Christ in some way, you just must have your doors closed and your windows shuttered because it's all around us. It is. And, and I just think this is something that, that you know, we get, we get these conferences and we bring people in and we, we're teaching people how to talk about Jesus. Or we're, and, and I'm one of these people. I, I, I give conferences and I talk about how reliable the Bible is and how you can trust it, how you can study it and all that. It's, it's great. It's wonderful. People need that. But if we don't actually get out and make a difference for Jesus with our lives, with our hands, with our pocketbooks, with our, you know, just a, an arm around the shoulder, then none of the rest of that's going to communicate much to many people. That's right. And so we, we, need, to be, we need to be a church on the move with eyes open and, and hearts open to those in, in real need. So here we are in Fresno, California. We're, we're at Talk Radio, 1550 AM KXCX. We're here on Saturdays from noon to one o'clock. We're just about ready to wrap up this hour for the week. Our host, Dennis McCourt, has been uh, called away on a work assignment, and so you get stuck with the co-host, and and uh, and uh, we're, we're filling in as best we can for good old Dennis McCourt. He'll be back next week. We're talking about how the, the kingdom of God shows itself and is showing itself 
in the lives of, of people here in our community in Fresno and Clovis. Um, my experience is that we've had a pretty good relationship with our city officials, county officials. Uh, it seems like they've been very open to that. So uh, I'm going to let you two speak a little bit to how you work with the local officials, school boards, you know, all kinds of things like that, and uh, what the opportunities might be with them. Well, Care Fresno was born out of a partnership with the police department 26 years ago. So we are in close connection with areas of need, uh, with the chief of police, deputy chief, captains, right on down. Um, the communities in which we serve have very high response rate from the police department when there's need. And we have shootings in our communities and all of that on a, I don't wanna say a regular basis, but several times a year, that's a reality. And so we're just in close communication. Uh, the city of Fresno uh, approached us just uh, three months ago saying, uh, we have this grant opportunity and I know, Randy, that you do what you say you're, con what you're gonna do, can you do this? And they gave me a pre-loaded uh, performa of things to do. And I said, yes, we can do this. We will partner with someone for this GED kind of education, yeah. sports outreach. We will partner with someone. I don't do that, but we know people that do. And uh, we're awarded the grant on that. That is the city of Fresno saying, Fresno can't do this, but we can do this. Yeah. And so we, we work closely with the leadership in our city. That reminds me when I was in, in Lemoore pastoring down there, some of us pastors were on a rotation to get into the county jail. You know, I, I, every couple of months we'd, we'd go before our services on Sunday, it's like 7.30 or something. And the, they'd bring in the prisoners in the county jail and we'd have a quick service and, and then go about our business. And I remember after the prisoners were taken out and I was on my way out the door to do my own service, one of the uh, sergeants or, you know, one of the sheriff's people was, uh, was helping me. And he said, you know what? Thank you guys for doing this. I said, well, it's not a big deal. He goes, no, no. He says, it's the prisoners that find Jesus that we tend not to see come back again. True that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's when Christians get involved, I think the government understands that they the programs that they sponsor have some value, but they don't necessarily have the in-depth value. When somebody's life is changed, a program generally doesn't change your life. It's a relationship with God or with people who know God that changes a person's right, life. Right. And so what, what about you, Phil? I mean, you've worked some with city officials and organizations. Have you experienced that kind of openness and desire to work with Christian organizations? Um, here in Fresno Clovis area, we are blessed to have the administrations we've had. Oh, um, with a few exceptions, for about the last 30 years, We've had uh, godly people leading us politically. Uh, doesn't always mean we can do exactly what we want, but they are willing to help, like coming alongside Randy and say, look, we know that you can do most of this, you know, can we partner with you? Um, and that's where we get a lot of our uh, help. They cannot, uh, government cannot do it. And so when uh, people say, well, we need to raise taxes and do it, that's not the solution. They can't do it. It's people with a calling and God's giftedness like Randy um, that come out and actually perform and make the changes in lives down at the grassroots level. I mean, you can't stand on the ivory tower and, and uh, make edicts. That's not what works. It's literally loving them one by one. And, you know, Billy Graham can bring hundreds and thousands to the Lord at a time. Um, we're, we're probably going to be relegated to making a difference in one life at a time. And for us to have an environment where we're supported in that uh, politically um, is, is amazing. So yeah. from uh, yeah. Mayor Dyer, uh, Lisa Smithcamp, uh, uh, Margie, uh, uh, you I say Margie Wright, Sims? Mar Margaret Sims. Uh, yeah, I mean, we have this, this leadership that it, uh, wants us to help solve the problems. And well, they and they invest in that. Well, and even even officials who are not necessarily you know open Christians or active oh, yeah. Christians themselves, a lot of times they see value in what we're doing, and 
And I think that's something we need to maintain. You know, we can we can actually close the door if we want. Sometimes Christians have been uh, unenlightened enough, I guess I could say, to uh, to to make it harder for those people to cooperate with us. And I I think what we've seen here in Fresno is is a is a uh, I guess you'd say a good symbiosis of the Christian organizations wanting to help, wanting to work with the, with government and other organizations, and these organizations seeing the value and wanting to work with us as well. And I think that. That's ideal. My my impression is, and I've heard this before from other people, and that is that Fresno's kind of not exactly unique, but it's unusual that this kind of thing happens, even among churches. I mean, the churches have turf, believe it or not. I'm, I'm sure oh, yeah. that people have seen that before, but it seems to be less of a problem in our area than in a lot of communities. And I, I think that speaks well for the for the churches and the Christian organizations right here in in Fresno in the Central Valley. Uh, so I think there's hope. If, if I was talking about hope a minute ago, and I think that's one of the things that gives us hope is that is that we have a, a community that really wants things to get better, and and is working to make that that possible. Randy, any final words you'd like to say about your organization or what you've seen God doing just around you in the for the kingdom of God? Yeah, I think the most exciting thing that I can share is. Um, the life of a young Care Fresno kid who uh, 28, 17 years ago was a kid being served by Care Fresno who became one serving those kids in Care Fresno Amen. who is now graduating from college to be an elementary school teacher. And I'm going to use her real name. It's Georgiana. And uh, her life was incredibly changed because people cared. What a deal. And that's what we're all about here at Kingdom Talk. Every Saturday from noon to one o'clock on KXCX, 1550 AM on your radio dial. It's been so great to have uh, my friend, Reverend Randy Muherter with me today. And, and my good friend as co-host, Phil Friesen. You don't have a reverend in front of your name, do you? I'm a and, commoner. Yeah, well. <laughs> See you next time. God bless. Thank you. All clear? Okay. Thank you, guys. Yeah, good hour.